1: Hey, it's Melissa Rivers and welcome to Group Text. Stay tuned for a new episode. Hey everyone, welcome to Group Text. It is Golden Globes night we're doing this. We are we're we're getting our opinions on paper, on the air right as we're thinking them. So Golden Globes were last night, super exciting. Sabrina and I have done a million award shows together. So this time though, just to keep it interesting, we have two amazing guests. We have from Turner Classic Movies, they're one of their brilliant hosts and one of the people I adore, Dave Karger, Hello. And, hello. And Jamie Greenberg, who is a celebrity makeup artist and has her own makeup line and I am wearing your product, the Blylighter Lighter in nude. Love it. Thank you. So let's just start with some overall thoughts. I, I swung around between a bunch of the different pre-shows. It was an unenviable job and it felt so awkward and low energy to me. I don't know if anyone else watched any of the pre-shows.
0: I did. It definitely was low energy for sure.
1: Which I feel badly about because the hosts are out there and you know in one sense I think the pieces were laid for it to be successful and a lot of these stars though just kept showing up on every network so you knew they were just going from link to link to link and doing live feeds with the hosts felt kind of like and they were actually on the red carpet doing these interviews it just felt very uncomfortable and awkward and low energy to me. Did you guys, did Dave or or Jamie, did you watch any of them at all?
2: I watched the NBC pre-show, which was hosted by Jane Lynch and Susan Kelechi Watson. Again, tough job. And because Jane and Susan are actresses and not hosts, you know, you didn't get that kind of hosty energy, right? But I have to say the plus side was that the fellow actors and actresses that they were interviewing seemed to be really jazzed by you know, being interviewed by Jane Lynch, for instance, yeah, they were well, like, and James, Molly said, I'm such a huge fan of yours, Jane, so, that and, was fun.
1: and Jane does host, and she is brilliant at it,
2: that's true, and, she is a game show host, too, but yeah. you're, but I hear what you're saying about the, it didn't feel, but then again, there wasn't anyone there to play off of, there was no, you know, it wasn't the, the same typical red carpet energy for them to play off of, so for them to kind of have created that energy out of a vacuum, I think would have seemed fake,
3: right, yeah. I want that's the same one I saw at the very end. We saw just the end when we finished up and it, I feel the same way. It's like, there's nothing to draw from. And you know, Melissa, both of you guys know, you've all of you know that you've been on carpets before. If you don't have that electricity in the air, it's like, it's kind of dead, but you're right. Anytime they did interview somebody that was nominated or they, were, they, they brought as much energy as po- possible, you know, humanly possible.
1: Yeah, I went back and forth between NBC and E and Honestly, I I sort of felt the same way about both. And maybe because I'm so spoiled by the energy of the red carpets and all those years, I don't think people also realize no matter which side of the the rope you're on, on the red carpet, you're exhausted by either the end of your show or the end of the press line. Because it is just, it's hyper crazy, loud, fun energy. And I missed that.
0: Well, I can, I can assure you no one broke a sweat here today, or <laughs> nobody did that. I promise you they didn't do it. Yeah. Um,
2: the, the other about- thing though I thought was interesting was, did you guys notice that on the NBC show they had a couple of the nominees interviewing each other? And the they-, red t-
1: they did table, Golden Globes table talk. I liked that.
2: I, I liked it too. I didn't like it as much in the actual ceremony when they had like going into a commercial break, they had all five of the nominees kind of there on the same screen, supposed to be ad-libbing, that did not work. But watching Julia Garner from Ozark and Shira yeah. Haas from Unorthodox, kind of fan out on each other. I'm sure a lot of people you know, who, who think that Hollywood is elites and all that, I'm sure they were rolling their eyes, but I thought it was actually really kind of charming and refreshing.
1: I, I did, I liked that element to it. I, it. What made me laugh though, was going from all through the stations, all through the channels, and Being able to like I watched Chris for Maloney just go from one to the next. <laughs> that was, I think, one of my work
2: them, I think, for the bookers this year. Nothing wrong with Chris Maloney, he's great, but I think there were basically 10 people who were willing to go on anything to get, you know, Kate Hudson and you know everybody, and then they were just kind of doing every all the different outlets.
1: Yeah. So let let's pivot to the show. What worked and what didn't? I'm just gonna just I'm gonna throw it right out there and say. The Emmy set the bar really high. I agree. What they pulled off. And I feel like, and by the way, and I have been very honest, the Golden Globes is always my favorite show. It was my favorite show to cover. My favorite show to watch. Always my number one. They didn't hit the Emmy bar.
2: No, they did not. And the Emmys did a better job of kind of leaning into the weirdness of it all this year. And, you know, the fire extinguisher on the stage with Jennifer Aniston at the Emmys. This time, I'm such a fan of Tina Fey and Amy Poehler hosting together. This was my least favorite of all the times that they've hosted. And it's, you know, it's part of it's not their fault because they were kind of ragging on a lot of the nominees, you know, like James Corden and, and Aaron Sorkin. And then like there would be this little delay and then they would take it the shot of Aaron Sorkin sitting with his family. And did he hear the joke? Did he not? Did he think it was funny? It's a lot of it was not their fault. But just overall, I think they were trying too hard to do a normal show in a not normal time. And uh, by and large, I don't think it really worked.
3: Right. And the fact that they're both on totally different coasts, like that's so weird, just the dynamic. And, you know, it did. I don't know. It felt like for a lot of it, it, it was like this afterthought, like, okay, I guess we're doing this. I guess we have to do this and we're gonna do the best we can. Like, it just felt like they, it was like, almost like we're doing a favor here, you know, to get through this show.
0: It just didn't seem organic. It just, it was odd. It was like the odd couple, I'm sorry.
1: It, it was very odd. And, you know, again, I go back to, after watching the Emmys, I thought, oh, okay, there is hope for us reformulating and rejigging award shows. And I feel like they tried, but it just missed. And technical issues. Yeah. That Remember. from the beginning. And the other thing, which I don't think people realize, that which made me crazy, was they didn't have Chirons coming up of who the people were. Right. And that there is no reason for it because those are built in advance.
2: I still have right. no idea who accepted Best Limited Series Golden Globe for the Queen's Gambit the guy who was talking, I have no idea who he was.
1: Well, no I, I said, idea. My, my
0: favorite line of the whole night was you done me dirty. I
1: love <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> the, one of the other great lines though was Sterling K. Brown, who's like, it's good to be back. I mean, it's good to be black at the Golden Globes. Um, which brings to the big scandal that they did address, Amy and Tina, when I say they did address right at the top of the show.
0: Yeah, they did. It, they danced it. over it. They they addressed
1: oh, it. I didn't. I didn't think they danced over it. I thought they went much harder at it than I expected them to. Really? Well, because the Hollywood Foreign Press is right deciding their checks tonight. I thought they hit it much harder. Dave, what did you think?
2: Yeah, I think they had to, and they they addressed it. Uh, Susan Kolatchi Watson and Jane Lynch addressed it in the pre-show. Tina and Amy uh, addressed it. The the three board members of the HFPA addressed it. They had to, you know. And then it was nice to see. Um, you know, Andrew Day went, and Daniel Kaluuya and John Boyega and Chadwick Boseman. So, I mean, the the list of winners had nice diversity to it, and deservedly so. Um, but it still remains, you know, in Chloe Zhao winning for best director. But it still remains that, you know, the as far as the best picture, all of the cast, all the movies that were nominated, ten movies for, that were nominated for best picture, were all white led uh, casts. No, so we're
1: there, gonna we're gonna yeah, get terms- to that. Yeah. We're going to get to all that, cause but let's just start with what we all love, which is, you know, fashion. I think my one of my favorite moments of the night, and I know I'm jumping ahead, is Jason Sudeikis in the hoodie and unshaven. Now, all I'm going to say is we all know that his wife ran off with Harry Styles, and he clearly has not moved into, like, the revenge bod part of the ba- breakup yet.
0: Clearly, and maybe he <laughs> doesn't have a real relationship with soap and water. I'm not really sure, but that hoodie... Uh, Hello.
1: (laughs) I kind of loved it he looked (laughs) like he was in the middle of a bad breakup
3: didn't he yes he did and you know what he's at home with his kids and he's just like he's another one who's just like let's dial this in I think he was surprised he won like for sure and apparently his his his, apparently his hoodie is trending by the way as we speak
0: right right it's kind of like the Bjork effect do you know what I mean yes
3: yes
1: totally I don't know it's hard he to he was the odds-on
2: favorite to win. He should have known he was going to win. I love him, but he should have had a, a speech prepared.
1: And I think I'm he's all
2: with all of us going like this, you know, on the, yeah. on the screen or whatever, because come on, you, you have a one in five chance of winning a Golden Globe. Have a speech prepared and don't ramble.
1: But, Dave, he's in the middle. His wife just left him for Harry Styles. Harry
2: Styles. Okay.
1: Come on. Okay. Give I'm him a break. Not, I'm not giving him a break.
0: Man up. Shit, you were <laughs> nominated. Get it together.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we can see who the kind people here are. But let's start with Kaylee. Amazing. Amazing. Beautiful. Amazing. Uh, the dress was Oscar de la Renta. Did not know it was the first time she was, had ever worn Oscar de la Renta.
3: Yes, first time, and it was impeccable. It was gorgeous. I stared at like just the stitching. It was so well made, so beautiful. Harry Winston jewels, uh, Charlotte Tilbury makeup. It was so fun. She had so much fun. We were, it was so weird because we were watching this all go down. She was sitting there. They had put up a whole computer and a ring light and microphone and directions. And well, now, a- now who did they deliver all that to her house? They delivered it to her house and then they waited like there was a guy, there was a the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. Ooh. who was like, hey, can you come over here? And uh, so it was really interesting to see it go down. And then we were all just like clutched when they were announcing, but it was, we, they were talking to each other. The nominees were talking to each other and it was so bizarre. It was very odd.
1: I love the fact that they sent out like little mini crews to everybody. Cause it it, it makes it so it's, What. What was your thought process? What did you guys decide on the final look? When did you lock in on that on Kaylee?
3: So when we got there and we saw the dress, the dress was just so massive and gorgeous. And it was so fairy tale that we felt we had to juxtapose and we really needed to just make it look effortless and, and kind of tone it down a little bit. It would have been costumey if we had made her like overly makeup or overly haired. So it was like, it looked like, you know, just like she had done her own hair and the makeup was just, you know, no eyeliner, no graphic lines, just kind of cloud painted, which is a trend right now. So pretty. I, I
0: saw her, I thought she just gave me that look like I woke up like this.
3: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you're in Jason's suit.
0: Well, <laughs> she did a much better job. Uh Hello. <laughs>
1: Yes. Um, what I think is really interesting, and it's something that we talked that I noticed during the show, you're really only seeing people from the mid chest up. So people had, there was more focus on hair and makeup I mean, you had to give good face best hair and makeup. Let's break down some of these
3: Jane Fonda. Oh my, what is she drinking? What was she? Did she have a special light? They set I her want into?
0: I want some, whatever it is.
3: Blood
1: of unborn children. I don't know. Maybe Estella. <laughs> Maybe Estella
3: Artois. <laughs> she her hands were soft and and <sighs> gorgeous and
1: I, flawless. I hate my hands. I want to find out what she did. The other one who I thought gave good face was Anna Duvernay. They had her in a real tight shot at one point. Oh yeah. And- she, best I've ever seen her look. She looked phenomenal. Now, two of the other ones, I'm going to break, and, and Dave, I have questions about these two. Let's talk first about Sarah Paulson. She actually wore Prada. The picture shows she has a broken arm. I liked the dress when you saw it full length. Didn't love it on, on the waist up, but I thought the hair and makeup was pretty, a lot of big, which we'll talk about, the t- red lip trend. But it hit me, Dave, and I was curious about this. When was the last time Ryan Murphy walked away empty-handed?
2: I mean, he is a, he is a Golden Globes favorite, and his shows always do very well. You know, the last time, I mean, he and he was there with a lot of stuff. I mean, he was. By the way, the great year.
1: house in his background. Now, well, that that was a house. We start playing "Rape My Room." Holy shit, that was a.
2: He in house. the prom. He's and he had the politician last year, and uh, the Versace miniseries that he did a couple of years ago. That that won a few. Um, OJ. The problem is that, well, the prom was never going to win this year because it was up against Borat and Hamilton. So that didn't have a chance. And then Ratchet, which was nominated for Best Drama Series and Best Actress, Sarah Paulson. The problem there is that unlike most of the Ryan Murphy shows, the American Crime Story shows, which were in the limited series category, this was in drama series. So, you know, it was, it had tough competition. It was never going to beat the crown. And it was, and Sarah Paulson was never going to beat, you know, either Olivia Coleman or Emma Corrin, it was gonna be one of the two of them winning for the crown. So I just think that category wise, it was just too hard. Oh, and by the way, if Ratchet had been a limited series, it would have lost to the Queen's Gambit. So I just think that the, the, the categories and the competition were just too too rough, um, but he'll be back.
1: I'm sh- I'm, sh- I'm not crying for him. Exactly. Um, he, so, but he brought us to the crown. Emma Corrin, phenomenal hair, makeup and jewelry. That was it. Miu Miu, the dress was just not did not work for me. But the crown seems to be the new or not new crowd favorite. Yeah,
2: well, they won. They, going they won
1: across the board.
2: Yeah, it won four, it won for uh, Best Drama Series, and it also won for Emma Korn, who played Diana, Joshua Conner, who played Prince Charles, and Gillian Anderson, who played Margaret Thatcher. So far and away the most of, of anything this year. What it has going forward, it has that international appeal. This is the Hollywood Foreign Press. And, and then it has the kind of dual appeal of being an established show that is really well made, but then every season it brings new cast members in. And it it, it keeps of,
1: progressing. Of, they like yeah.
2: the shiny and new, and that's why you see the Emma Corrin, who was her first season, and Julian Anderson, who was her first season. That's why you see them winning. So um, they they just love to give it to the new people.
3: It's a good recipe for a show. Stay fresh. Stay fresh. Stay fresh.
1: What, so we did see quite we, a bit of red. We, we did see quite a bit of red lip. Are we just seeing that because of Zoom? Jimmy, or do you think that's gonna be a trend due to Zoom?
3: Yeah, we are seeing that. Um, You know, people have been wearing masks for a year, so anytime they can pull out their lips and pout them, they want to. Also a lot of the dresses are solid and because you are only getting a little swatch, they want something to break it up. So we are seeing a lot of bold lips tonight.
1: Yeah, and I I was sad about Emma Corrin's dress because it did not photograph well. Let's hope it was prettier in person. First time winner and first time nominee, Andra Day. She was in the most gorgeous Chanel. The hair and makeup was flawless. Stunning. I first, time, yeah. first time winner, first time nominee. What does this mean going to the Oscars for her, Dave?
2: She, of anybody tonight, got the biggest boost in the Oscar season because Best Actress up until tonight, it was widely perceived that there were four locks for Best Actress at the Oscars. Frances <laughs> McDormand for Nomadland, Viola Davis for My Rainey's Black Bottom, Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman and Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman. And there was that fifth slot. And who was it going to be? Was it going to be Zendaya from Nathalie Marie? Was it going to be Amy Adams for Hillbilly Elegy? Or was it going to be Andrew Day for U.S. versus Billy Holiday? And she's so good in that movie. Um, and her win tonight, my job was on the floor. Um, and Why?
1: So unexpected?
2: Unexpected. Up against Fran Thorman and Viola Davis and Carrie Mulligan, who I think it was kind of like I thought it was going to be her time because the movie promising young woman did very well overall at the globe nominations. Better right. than Holiday did. So that's why it was very surprising. So what that means is again, very important to remind all the people watching and, watching and listening to this. There is zero overlap between the golden globes voters and the Oscar voters. So it's not like the SAG awards or the producers guild awards where you can kind of read the tea leaves in a way. These are completely separate bodies, but what Andrew Day's win does tonight is it tells all the Oscar voters who haven't voted yet for the nominations, by the way, they're kind of in the process right now. That's now gonna go up to the top of their pile of movies that they're gonna go or go on Hulu and watch because gave uh, the Golden Globe Best Actors to Andrew Day. And that really, really helps her chances because anyone who sees that performance is gonna check it off.
1: Well, can I all, play... go ahead. I was gonna say, first of all, the Globes love breaking new stars. And second of all, head and shoulders above everybody tonight in glam, beauty, speech, the dress. I mean, she was a full-on 10 out of 10. I mean, she got 10s across the board, even from like, you know, the German judge. You know, the East German judge even gave her a 10 tonight.
3: I have to tell you a little story about her. So throughout my career, the past 10 years, I was doing you know every job at the craziest you know fairs whatever anywhere i could work she was there singing a song she was at stand up for pits singing a song she was at the cbs on havenhurst singing a song this woman has been working i have seen her everywhere i go you guys so she's going to become an overnight success but i have seen her pounding the pavement mm-hmm. for a decade everywhere you could possibly stick her in to sing. She was doing a guest and no one, I remember she was just this girl, beautiful. She had an amazing cat eye that she rocked for the past five five years, I think. Yes, I got a picture
1: with her in person one time. And she, I mean, even up close, she's flawless.
3: And so when you get to see somebody who you've seen, I mean, it's just like, I feel like everywhere I'd go, it'd be like, I just look over and she would be there. And I'm like, oh, there's that girl. She's so talented. And now she is getting hers. And that makes me so happy. And I loved her speech. Oh so,
0: from, me too. so emotional. I mean it was just oh you just felt all the joy, you know, for
1: you know a winner. The the question is though, with the hair and the makeup and the dress all so beautiful. and this is such a fashion thing to say, how's she gonna top herself for the oh, Oscars? She will. Oh she I will. know she
3: She is, I mean, that face can wear anything. The hair can do anything and her body can do anything. She's going to kill it. She's going to become a fashion icon. She's going to be, she is, she's going to get everything she deserved. I'm excited for her.
0: Absolutely. I saw her the other day do an interview in a kimono and I'm like, why does she look so
1: freaking amazing? You know, (laughs) because she does, (laughs) because she is, because we had a lot of, you know, first time young break the breakout actresses this year um amanda safred. she was an oscar de la renta that corally orangey red with the flowers you only could see it in the photographs what did you guys what would you favorites. think what are your favorites yes
3: Jamie, what'd you think she's stunning i mean i loved her like you know finger waved hair loosely pulled out she's She's just a beautiful, symmetrical, big eyed face that looks good all the time. And I think she always brings it. She always looks good. She was in,
1: she, she's Sophie L. Fanning in Gucci. Staggeringly beautiful. And she was in The Great. Dave, I feel like The Great has gotten lost in the shuffle and the noise of all these sort of period piece shows. What happened? Did it come out too early?
2: Well, it got, it got a bunch of nominations. Nicholas Holt nominated. I mean, you can better better than you can say for Bridgerton, which got zero at the Golden Globes. There's just a lot of TV right now. And and there's a lot of shows gobbling up a lot of attention. And I mean, the great actually did kind of well. I mean, it didn't win anything, but nomination wise, can't, can't really argue with how, how it did. Um,
1: I kind of feel like people have forgotten about it. Like it almost came out too early.
2: Yeah, I think the Queen's Gambit and Bridgerton have kind of, you know, eaten up all the energy in the room, you know, since since the great.
1: So and, speaking of the great, Anna, Anya, Anya, Anya. Ta- Anya, Taylor Joy, she was in Dior Couture. She was rocking like every trend. She had the long hair, she had the big red lip, the slip dress, she had good jewelry. She checked like all the fashion boxes. While she looks nothing like her character, huge transformation. Do you think this one was expect was she expected to win, Dave?
2: Sure. She you know she was nominated twice tonight. She was nominated for best actress in a musical comedy in the movie section for Emma, which is a movie that came out, you know, early in 2020. She wasn't expected to win that, but she was definitely expected to win best actress in a in a limited series for The Queen's Gambit because she just dominates that. Even though she was nominated up against Nicole Kidman and Kate Blanchett. You know, odds were on mm-hmm. odds were on her and and I think she probably knew it and she was she was ready to go with, with that speech. She did a great job.
1: What happened to Unorthodox? That, that's my question too. Come on, Dave. Right? So because <laughs> what's her name? Shira uh Shira. Shira. Yeah, it's fabulous. So I think the performance of the year. Yes. Brilliant. The show is brilliant. And it at the Emmys it got shut out. And now at the globes it got shut out.
2: Yeah, the problem is that, in I sound like a broken record here, guys, but the problem is that in both cases, the Emmys and now the Globes, it was up against one series that was a juggernaut. At the Emmys, it was up against Watchmen, which came in with the most nominations. So the show lost to Watchmen and Shera lost to Regina King for Watchmen. Here at the Golden Globes, it was the same thing, but Queen's Gambit, because now Queen's Gambit will be eligible for next year's Emmys. Um you just can't compete when it's Regina King and Watchmen and when it's Anya Taylor-Joy and The Queen's Gambit. There was no stopping those two. And Shira Haas, is, you know, the, the nomination is going to have to be the win for her. And, you know, just to be in that roster with these, you know, legendary actresses, I think she's happy to be there. But I agree. I watched Unorthodox, all the entire four episodes at, in one sitting. Mm-hmm. And I was just mesmerized by it. And that performance is great.
1: Yeah. Her, her performance is jaw-dropping in my opinion i mean i i've said this again um Someone who came back out of the blue jodie foster lounging in her silk pajamas with her wife also lounging in her silk pajamas winning and for the first time that i can really remember actually saying my wife it
2: was it made me so happy i i i could not believe what i was watching jodie foster has always been so coy just ever so slightly inching out of the closet, even when she made her acceptance speech a couple of years ago at the Glows when she got the Cecil B. DeMille Lifetime Achievement Award. And the big
1: thing was everybody, she sort of played it out there that she was going to come out right then and there. And then she didn't.
2: She didn't. So for her to be sitting there just kind of ever so casually with kissing her wife, saying, I love my wife. Thank you, Alex. I was just like, Phew. and it well, was, a, and but, and her win was also shocking. because.
0: Yes. Was, oh, so
2: wait, quick, wait, wait a
0: minute. Wait a yeah. minute. So what so she's sitting on the sofa, couch, bed, whatever it was, so with, her, with her chick. She how could she be there and not say something about her? She, she was just by herself. But she could have just
1: been, by but but no, just been we, there by herself. Exactly. I'm, I'm,
2: I'm shocked that she wasn't sitting there by herself in a hotel suite. I'm shocked that she allowed the cameras in. She's so intensely private, Jodie Foster.
0: Mm, okay. I was
2: very, very pleasantly surprised at the whole situation tonight i love
0: it
3: i think it was
0: i think it was her fur baby that
3: brought it out it's the fur baby the fur baby was cute but maybe covid she's chilled out a little bit you know Maybe.
2: and also overall you know yes we're kind of you know crapping on the golden globes tonight because there were some problems but the fact that a lot that all the winners were at home did allow for a couple of these lovely moments like Jodie Foster and her wife, Alex, like Mark Ruffalo winning and having his two kids kind of come and crash the acceptance speech and then get bored with it and walk away. I mean, so there were there were these great moments that you never would have seen um, in, in a typical awards show. So I did appreciate that. And I don't
1: up- think we're trashing them, just, you know, everybody just, everyone does different. You know, you can turn in the same, everyone gets a different grade on the same assignment, so to speak. Um, yeah movie that I loved, Pretty, uh, Promising Young Woman. Emerald Fennell was, was nominated for writer and director for Promising Young Woman. Carrie Mulligan was nominated as the star of Promising Young, Young Woman. And Emerald Fennell was also nominated for as an actress for The Crown. No, she wasn't. No, she wasn't? OK, she was my mistake. The,
2: um, she played Camilla Parker Bowles, but Doesn't. she wasn't. Okay.
1: And it was like crickets for that movie, which literally I thought was brilliant. I thought Carrie Mulligan was brilliant. I thought, you know, I thought she looked gorgeous tonight. You know, again, that perfect soft hair and makeup. Jamie, I know it's like the look you like, that undone look. (laughs) Emerald Fennell was in yellow, like she had some weird big bouffant flippy Camilla-like hair, but that red lip, so she was rocking the trend. I thought for sure it was gonna be Carrie Mulligan's year. And Emerald Fennell is the hottest name in Hollywood right now. Nothing for either.
2: Yeah, that, uh, so Promise Young Woman and Mank were the two movies that kind of got blanked the most because Mank had six nominations, lost them all, Promising Woman 4 lost them all. I thought that Carrie Mulligan would win also, just like you, Melissa. And I thought Emerald Fennell was going to win for screenplay. I uh, did too. Instead, they gave that one to Aaron Sorkin for uh, the trial of the Chicago 7, which is, I think, a frontrunner, uh, along with Nomadland, in the overall award season race. But I do think Promising Young Woman is going to do pretty well at the Oscars. I think it'll definitely get a screenplay nomination, definitely get a nomination for Carrie Mulligan, and then it has a decent shot for Best Picture as well.
1: Wow. What about... Chloé Zhao, who did win for oh, what she win for uh, *No Man mm-hmm. Land*, she's obviously yeah. an Oscar front runner now.
2: Yeah, and this is only the second time that a, a female director has won the Golden Globe for Best Director. The first was not uh, Catherine Bigelow, who won the Oscar, but it was Barbara Streisand for *Yentl*. Um, but yes, Chloé Zhao is is the one to beat uh, for the Oscar for Best Actor. I think for Best Director, I mean, and I think it's going to be between her and Aaron Sorkin, probably for *Chicago 7*.
1: Now here's something, and I, I could be wrong, so correct me. We have Regina King, who by the way, Louis Vuitton, looked amazing. Now, though, Jamie, you've you, you explained something to me because I was like, man, she's got a whole white background. There's the dog. you could see some you know camera equipment set up. I'm like, man, that's what it takes. You're a director. You turn your whole room into a studio so that you'll look good for uh, your interviews and for your acceptance speech. Now I realize that they came and brought all that for her which is a little heartbreaking, but we have three women. By the way, the Louis Vuitton dress I thought was fantastic. She and Kate Hudson both had on Louis Vuitton both black and silver. But I thought Regina King walked that line of actress but serious director in that dress and that whole look, which is very hard to pull off. Jane, what do you think about how she looked?
3: I mean, I told you, Regina's always, I told you this the other day, she's always, she's also another one who's been around for decades and decades and decades. Um, and she always brings it. But yeah, I think there's, you know, now that she's also a filmmaker, there's, you know, you gotta kind of play both sides of the coin. So I think she did a great job. I think she looks chic AF. Um, I love that she's getting those designers. You know, it's, it's a win. It's, it's really a win for her.
0: And I thought of felt like the dress was a little dominatrix to me.
1: Well she's a director now. You
0: that's gotta crack right. that whip blue. Right. Right. She
1: needed a whip. That's all she needed. <laughs> but directing a whole cast full of men,
3: that's Talk right. She, she did. did yeah. <laughs> she needs a spray bottle.
1: Yeah, stop it, get off each other. But Dave's like, why am I here? You're here to answer this question.
3: (laughs) By the way, Dave must get like, every one of your friends must want you to watch any award show or be game night with you because you know everything. It's amazing to listen to.
2: I'm obsessed with it all, but I'm having fun listening to you guys.
1: Oh, but here's my thing. So if I've counted correctly, we have three women Going in as Oscar frontrunners for director?
2: Yeah, I don't think they're all gonna get Oscar nominations. So uh, right now, here's what I would say Chloe Zhao definitely getting nominated for director. Regina King probably getting nominated. Emerald Fidel probably not. Definitely. Why? Had, definitely why? I think this movie Minari is. Um, is underestimated and kind of coming under the radar right now at, at the Oscars so I think Lee Isaac Chung who you saw accept mm-hmm. tonight's award with his adorable little daughter um I think he could get in there over Emerald Fennell I wonder you have to remember the Golden Globe voters it's 87 people the Academy is 9,000 older group a little bit more conservative and I just wonder I love *Promising Young Woman it's on my top 10 for the year oh my god
1: I, if you haven't seen it you have to see it but okay. I think
2: it's too hip for the Academy as far as a directorial achievement. I think she definitely gets nominated for screenplay, as I said, Emerald does. And I, she could get nominated for Best Director, but I can see other people getting in there above her and her just missing out. Uh.
1: Still, would it be record breaking if we had two female directors?
2: Oh, two, two two would be a record. Yeah. Which is
1: crazy. <laughs> crazy, I tell you. But it you know
2: what it, what it's doing, honestly, this is is the truth. It's reflecting mm-hmm. the state of the film industry, which is uh, you know, easily forty percent of the most interesting movies that are coming out right now are directed by women, fifty percent. So there should be two or three of the five nominees that are women. All the really interesting movies are are by women
1: right now. Well, something I found interesting and an interesting turn, shall we say, the men in the jewelry, oh. Jared Leto in all beige with that ginormous oh. flower pin. No, I mean,
0: no, Anthony Anderson topped him, honey.
1: Oh, the big diamond pin? I'm like, yes. that looks like something that, did he buy that at my mom's auction? That's like, what that i was looks <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs>
3: so, Someone was saying that Jared Leto looked like the love child of Gucci designer and Carrie Bradshaw, which is hilarious. That is hilarious. You, I bet you he's
0: trending. I bet you
3: he's. I mean, Jared definitely looks like Gucci, and he's so fluid. And you know, he kind of represents you know, you know, not a lot of people on the carpet. So, I mean, he's always wild. He's also not very tall, right? So I, would, I, I don't he looks tall. He was wearing.
1: He looks tall, but man, that flower was, that was a whole lot of accessory. Lot of accessory. And brush your hair, seriously. Okay, Melissa,
0: Melissa, you sound like your mother
1: now. <laughs> well, I don't like stringy hair on anybody. Um, I got very confused as I always do with the Golden Globes day with all the different categories. And this year, especially because there was so much crossover because we were watching movies on TV. So I was shuffling through my pages the whole time. How did anyone, how did you how did anyone figure out this year what qualified as a feature film? What qualified as a t- made for TV movie? I felt like, just like they're saying about Jared Leto, he looks very fluid. <laughs> how, well, did, yeah. how did this, how did, please break this down for me because I was really having issues.
2: Basically, I mean, and it's also confusing because over the years, the limited series or made-for-TV movie categories of the Golden Globes have gotten even more interesting because limited series have become more of a thing, you know, with The Queen's Gambit and Big Little Lies and the undoing, these kind of one-off, well, Big Little Lies was a limited series that did so well that it became a drama series because they made a second season. Um, but anything that's a one-and-done season, Queen's Gambit, unorthodox that's limited series anything that's going to run for more than one season is a drama series and then anything that's just a one time oh, and also small acts for people who don't know what small acts is that's the one that john boyega won for best supporting actor for a, a tv program that's a collection of five films that steve mcqueen the director of 12 years a slave did um, that ran on amazon and and they decided to submit that in the Um, the limited series, as opposed to just submitting one of the films as a, as a contender. But anyway, anything that's a one-off feature film, of course is a feature film, but even now, even though the waters were muddied there because you have Hamilton, which was nominated for best picture and best actor at the Globes in the musical comedy categories, which is not even eligible for any Oscar nominations because the Academy does not allow for a filmed version of a stage production to be eligible for the Oscars. So Hamilton cannot get any Oscar nominations. It's not eligible, but the Golden Globe, uh-huh. all right, we we don't care. We don't care that it was filmed five years ago uh, off a Broadway show. We, we think it deserves nominations and it kind of did.
1: But totally, but I find it so confusing now, especially like, how are they sorting out? And when I say feature, the difference between, let's just say what well, something that would have been a theatrical release versus a movie that was made for, let's say, an HBO. I feel like all those waters have gotten very muddied. So, what are how are how is this going to break out? How is this going to break down? What is who's going to decide what was technically a motion picture feature that would be qualified for the Academy Awards, not just something that was made for cable or whatever? They're really good. How how are they figuring this out this year?
2: The rules are that if a film, because of COVID, they ch- they had to change the rules. Any movie that had a planned theatrical release, it was going to go into movie theaters before COVID hit, and they can prove that. Then as long as it still streams, um, then it's still eligible as a feature film. And same thing with all the Netflix and Amazon ones. You know, for, for the ones that they were planning on doing a theatrical release alongside the you know, streaming release, those are eligible, but it gets confusing just to give you a real quick story. There was a movie last year called Bad Education with Hugh Jackman and Allison Janney. It was so good. It premiered at the Toronto Film Festival with hopes of being bought by a movie studio, you know, Fox Searchlight or something like that, or Focus Features and having a theatrical film release and being eligible for Oscars and Golden Globes. Well, it turned out that the company that gave it the best bid to buy off the Toronto Film Festival was HBO. So the filmmaker said, okay, that's fine. Well, let's put, we'll sell it to HBO, HBO will air it. And all of a sudden this movie that was a regular movie became a television movie. And then it got nominated for Emmys and wow. it won. So it, it's just, that's just what can happen sometimes whatever, however the movie was primarily seen by people um, determines you know what it's eligible for and what it's not.
1: It's all very confusing.
0: It's
2: the new normal in COVID.
1: It's, true. it's just confusing.
0: That's
1: all. It is confusing.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: three of my, it, it was all such a weird night. Again, with presenters kind of in person and in New York and LA and nominees supposed to be being jocular and disgusting because it's so much fun to sit there on Zoom watching someone make a speech after you've lost. You know, the one good thing about losing in person is they stop showing you. Here you're like ah yay
0: for Bob. <laughs> yes, I feel um, bad for them. I do. They kind like, of look like hell. <laughs> I want to just click off and say goodbye. <laughs> well,
1: That's um, the one. That was the one good thing is you could just like hit goodbye and like leave after your category. But right. what if
0: they had that person that Jamie was talking about hovering with the ring
1: light and all this stuff going uh ah uh, ah. Uh. Oh please, do you think any of those actors or actresses give a shit that they, they'll walk off? They've all walked off a set at least once in their life anyway.
2: And the, the ultimate power move was not even to show up on well, the computer. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, they were like, nope, not even. I that, even by show- the way,
1: I love that they're just like, nah, just mail it to me. I loved that. <laughs> um, when well, we did have three presenters, that I do want to talk about fashion-wise, because I Love all three, and I felt like all three brought it. One of which was a surprise. We'll do the surprise last. Angela Bassett, Jane gabbana purple—that's a movie star.
3: Gets out there, puts the leg out. You know, she's drinking what Jane Fonda's drinking. Yes, she oh, is. and Melissa, got her groove back. She looks better right. than Stella got her groove. I mean, I. I don't even know how old she is now, but she's been around since I was young and in high school. And I cannot believe what she looks like.
0: She, she looked amazing. And Melissa, do not make fun of me if I show up and I have that ponytail. Oh, that was giving me life.
1: <laughs> you ta- Sabrina text, Sabrina texted me going, she's rocking the Kim K braid. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> but man, she just wears clothes and it, she could be in the supermarket and she still looks like a movie star. Another one, that I missed desperately actually seeing make an entrance, Cynthia Erivo. Now, that dress is not a dress, I think, and I'm guessing, you could actually wear it in normal award show because with the hoops, if you sat down, the whole thing is going to flip up. And that was truly an editorial moment. And that color, I mean,
3: she I also, always
1: goes out there and the hair and the makeup. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing.
3: Yeah, and just like keeping true with, you know, the ring, the nose ring and the eye ring and the, you know, it just, it's like, she's her and she's playing and she's having fun. Did we like the gloves?
1: Mm, I was on the fence about the gloves when she first walked out, but then that was from the side. But when you saw her from the front, I actually liked the gloves. I think okay. it all worked together.
3: I just like, I love her skin. So I'm wondering if I had seen a little more skin on the arm, if I would have liked that, but maybe it does elevate it because we are at an award show and maybe the gloves add that element, you know, that elevation.
1: But that was definitely not as much as she loves fashion and works fashion that, that dress would not have worked on a normal red carpet because you couldn't sit down in it. You're right. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the hoops and the structure would make it flip up over your head and I don't think Cynthia wants to be, you know, having everyone looking at little Cynthia from the stage.
3: And thank God there's people like Cynthia who wear things like this on the red carpet. Oh, yes. Otherwise you'd oh, be yes. so bored.
1: And yes. thank God these women got dressed as stupid as you feel sitting in your home. And thank God some of them stood up. I mean, half of them are just like, you just see here. I didn't know what, um, I can't even think of what I'm trying to say right now that, um, Oh God, and I love her so much. Oh my, I hope I can blame you. We already talked about her from Ratchet. Sarah Paulson.
3: Sarah Paulson.
1: You only saw her to hear, once you saw the full picture of that Prada dress, I loved it. Now, you know who I got really excited about because it's, I think it's the best she ever looked it was Tiffany Haddish in Alberta Freddie. The metal dress worked with the, with the shaved head, barely their hair, the makeup. I thought, oh my, she's she's become very chic tonight. And you yeah. normally don't see that from Tiffany. She's been looking better and better. But to me, she definitely looked at a very sophisticated look, especially for her. I now, agree.
0: Now, Melissa, you've got to share who you really got excited about their look, which was Bill Murray. This, oh. girl, this girl lost her mind. You're <laughs> getting
1: a for Christmas. <laughs> Hanukkah too! <laughs> First of all, I love Bill Murray because he just doesn't give a fuck.
2: I'm shocked <laughs> that he even showed up on, on the com- on
1: the screen. I, there and, you go. <laughs> and drinking with the martini. So like, great. That's who you want Bill Murray to be. Classic. Just classic. classic, but yet I didn't love that Joaquin Phoenix came out in like the white shirt, the tie, the sweatshirt, and the like that to me didn't get pulled off where bill murray got totally, totally pulled that off especially sitting outside that cool view
3: He's the been mid-century
1: dead. modern house in the
3: martini come on do you want to hang he, out with did you guys watch love on the rocks yes this
2: was one of my favorite movies of the year and i think honestly when i was so surprised to see him even show up virtually i was like wow and then i remembered it's sophia coppola it's her movie he did this essentially for her to you know, continue to raise awareness for this movie that she you know wrote and directed. Of course they did Lawson in Translation together and got, that got him an Oscar nomination. And he has a shot for a, an Oscar nomination for, for this as well. But I just, I thought he and Rashida Jones as father and daughter were just delightful in that.
3: I could have watched the two of them interact for two more hours. I loved it. I feel like they got a little snubbed but I was glad that Bill got something. So at least there's yeah. some representation. They
0: had movie. great chemistry together. You,
1: you both are right, absolutely
3: they really did i love them
1: one of the things that i noticed there's a lot of changing of the guard tonight our dramas have gotten much edgier but the comedies are seeming to trend from edgy to softer going from a shit's creek to a ted lasso mm. so you've gone from you i find them both working opposite directions Dave, do you think that's just because of the world we're living in right now? Yeah, I mean, the comedy's getting softer and the drama is getting edgier.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely noticed in the Oscar season, I mean, it's kind of almost laughable. Every movie is about you know, a baby that's died or someone getting dementia or someone in Guantanamo Bay for years and years. I mean, it's just kind of like, oh, which is one of the reasons why On the Rocks is is such a breath of fresh air. I mean, yes, it's about possible infidelity in a marriage, but it's just a breezy, delightful movie. So yes, it's rough in the Oscar season this year. But yeah, I think, I do think that there is something to be said for, you know, an escapism aspect with some of these TV shows, Ted Lasso, um, you know, is a real heartwarming show, especially as the season goes on, you know? So I think um, that is something that people maybe are looking towards and looking for.
1: And I just, I was like, there was a real, to me, it felt like this point, there was a very much a changing of the guard. Hmm. You know, we had a lot of young filmmakers, younger actresses, newer comedies, hey, women, people being, you know, where, you know, I'm just gonna use like a Bob Odenkirk who's always nominated and wins suddenly, we have a younger, newer, fresher, softer person. i mean, that's just an example, um, but I think that's interesting. I wonder, and i wonder how we're going to see that go through the rest of awards season. Mm. So, uh, before I thank the wonderful Mr. and Mrs. Douglas for chaperoning the prom, came out and said good night. Talk about movie stars, Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta Jones. It did. It felt like the parents were like, "Come on, kids, good job, good night, everybody, let's go."
2: Great way to um, end.
1: What we was look, Mr. and Mrs. Douglas, thank you. Um, <laughs> what I want to, what do you think the one the best and the worst of the night was?
0: Okay, wait, before we go there, Dave, was it expected that Chadwick Boseman was gonna win?
2: Yeah, and it's funny you just say that, Sabrina, because that was about to be my answer to the question that Melissa just asked. The for me, the moment of the night was Taylor Simone Ledward, who was. Ugh. Bozen's wife, uh, giving a speech that just completely stopped the show yeah. in the best way. And you had to stop and listen to every word that she was saying. And it, it, it kind of just changed the, the mood and the tone. It was celebratory, but it was also kind of really sad and bittersweet. And so for me, that's the moment of the night. And,
1: and she looked amazing. better than 99% of the actresses.
3: That dress
0: oh, was a um, oh.
3: it was art.
1: Totally. Stunning. Absolutely oh. stunning. Okay, so Dave, so that was your first. Yeah. That was your best. What was your what was your low point?
2: Um, Tracy Morgan saying that the winner of best score was Sal. Right. <laughs> it's oh. Soul. It's not that hard. The word is soul. Was he- <laughs>
0: Be funny or is I'm he a to be funny. which one?
2: I'm,
0: I I couldn't believe he said that.
1: <laughs> Stranger things have happened, Sabrina. What were your best and worst?
0: Um, definitely uh, the Chadwick Boseman uh, moment. I just love that absolutely. Um, the low moment for me. I, and I don't know why I'm obsessing over this, Donald Sutherland. It was like he got all dressed up and he looked 100 years old and no emotions. And he, I've always been such a fan.
1: Well, they just propped him up right there. They just propped him up and said, Grandpa, sit in front of the TV. I get it.
0: <laughs> But he's such a phenomenal actor though,
1: you must admit. Well, Al Pacino looked like he was two quarts low on plasma. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> oh, dear God. Jamie, what were your high and low?
3: High was Andra Day. I just like, again, I just, when you see people working so hard, it's great that there's a payoff and there is, you know, dreams do come true, you know, even though we're all jaded and usually they don't. But um, so that was a high for me. And then a low would be, um, I guess, Ted Lasso, you know, it was just kind of lackluster and I haven't seen the show that might be playing into it. And it just was a little, it was a little low energy sad for me.
1: I'm thinking for me, now that I've talked about it with you guys, I think I enjoyed the show more than I thought I did. So I guess that's my high. (laughs) And um, that's my high was, well, now that we're talking about it, I had a much better time watching it than I thought I did. And my low would be the fact that we didn't get to see all these amazing gowns, that all these women were sitting. And some of them stood up and some of them tried to sort of pose in them and you're running back and forth to Instagram and all the websites to see what they were actually wearing. And for me, part of it is the glamor and the fun and the dress up and all of that. So for me, the low part was that we still not have figured out a way to bring that part of award shows and award show coverage into this new reality. I was hoping someone was gonna come up with a really clever way to do it, but we haven't gotten there yet. Anyway, such a fun wrap up. We're looking down the barrel of, I don't even know what's next, the Grammys or the Oscars, one of them's next. Yeah. Um, Jamie, Dave, I love you guys. Please come on anytime. Yeah. Sabrina, yes, I love you, I love your opinion and I get love your opinion whether I want it or not. So there you go, thanks everyone. This is a Golden Globe wrap up on group tech.